Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Coach Weaver, welcome back to the classroom, and uh, happy 4th of July, man. It's great to be back here and, uh, you know, just celebrating America, and every, every great social studies teacher loves the 4th of July. Yeah, how can you not like the 4th of July? Uh, sitting here, sound of the waves, had a huge fireworks show, uh, had ice cream tonight, mint moose tracks. It's kind of my favorite. Uh, other than that, fireworks, the beach... We have a little bit of lightning in the distance on the Gulf. Uh, it's a great night. Happy Fourth. Yeah, I mean, uh, just all the things that make America special, right? And uh, reading, scrolling through Twitter and Instagram, like I love to see people's families. I love to see the things they're doing, the foods they're eating, the games they're playing with their kids, their families, the pool, a lot of things going on. So uh, just a great night for of Americana and for Americans everywhere. And um, to me, that just means the football season's right around the corner, right? Fourth of July, like I've always said, once the fourth comes, it's like summer's basically gone. Like I know we have a few more weeks yet before we really get rolling, but football's just around the corner, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, just a month away, and it's pretty exciting. Just a month away, football is uh, King Cotton in the South, NFL, which you heard about our – my punting explorations <laughs> that didn't last very long and your stint in the uh, NFL with the Niners. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I just start thinking NFL, like baseball just finished with the College World Series. Now it's time to get to the pigskin. So it's high school football, college football, NFL, and it's here for a long time until January. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And, uh, I, when I think about America, it's one of the things that makes America authentic, right? That's why they call it American football around the world. You know, it's football in a lot of other places, but it's American football uh, when we're talking about, you know, that pigskin game and uh, just just a lot of things that make America special. I'm going to stop you right there because I had a debate about this probably, probably three, four years ago. And people were talking about like, the importance of like baseball versus football. And I'm quick to tell them. So if you're a baseball fan and listen to this, I'm sorry. But there's a reason baseball is called America's pastime and how football is called America's game. So we're two football coaches. Right. So why not? So baseball coaches, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I love baseball. Um, LSU just won the national championship. I got my Gomaha shirt from Coach Torrey. Uh, but we're talking about America's game here. And uh, you're going to like this podcast. Just so stay tuned. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw. Yeah, and so it's all about authenticity. And the older that I get, you know, the, the more I go deeper into culture, it's all about how authentic can you become. Because anyone can take ideas from other people. Anyone can steal a logo or steal a slogan or, um, you know, 
replicate whatever someone's having success with. And football is a copycat sport. We all know that. So no secrets. The game's been around for a long time. A lot of times we cycle back to things that have been around for long. Um, but it's all about being authentic. And a, and a true culture is about authenticity and how can you make it your own? How can you make it different? How can you make it feel different and special? And uh, today's podcast here, Surf's Up, with the beach in the background in the Surf's Up series, is riding that wave. Every wave is authentic. And as an Iowan, there's no other Iowan who's as authentic as John Wayne. <laughs> when we were talking about this, the first thing I thought about was John Wayne and that's, uh, that toilet paper. You know, people are like, I got John Wayne toilet paper. And they're like, what? It's like, it's rough and tough and don't take shit off anybody. <laughs> So when we're sitting here talking about John Wayne, when you mentioned this to me, I was like, this is awesome. However, we're talking about the Duke. Yeah, I've actually never heard that joke, so that is phenomenal. Like, like I might have to, uh, there's a drill I do with quarterbacks called the John Wayne drill, and they're just getting hit as they release the ball. And, I mean, I just might have to rename it to the toilet paper drill here. Like, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I've never heard that. Like, so in college, all my buddies, sorry to get off on this, uh, but they're like, man, God, John Wayne's in the bathroom. I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, it's toilet paper. I was like, all right, it was rough and tough and don't take crap off anybody. So it stuck with me forever. So it's, I'm glad I got to share a little bit of that with you. No, no that's let's, let's get back to talking about the dude. That's phenomenal. And, uh. When I think about the Duke, there like there's no one else that lived an iconic life like the Duke, right? Like he, he's from Iowa, on a farm, right? Moves to Hollywood, plays football at USC in the '50s, becomes an actor and an icon, starring in westerns. And I think at some point, at least I did, growing up on a farm in Iowa, everyone, everyone that I know dreamed of being the Duke, right? Like you dream of that day when you're going to ride out and uh, you're going to um, save somebody or you're going to put the put the robber in his place and uh you're going to stop whatever trouble's happening and save the day and so uh john wayne just has a special place in our heart and john look man john wayne is john wayne you know you start thinking about who he is and what he stands for and everybody wanted to be like john wayne everybody wanted to be you know the duke and just an iconic person when you start thinking about the fourth of july as we're recording this on the 4th of July, that we talk about him. And it's even more fitting for Coach Torrey is, I mean, he's an Iowan, so why not? You know, I, I don't know. We can talk about some Mississippians here later, but being Iowan and stuff like that. Uh, so we have some life advice that you're gonna share with us of how you can kind of live your life and kind of be like the Duke and the authenticity that comes with that. Yeah, so it's great. Like, for, first of all, let's go back to authentic Mississippians. And uh, I'm sure there's a podcast from this old running backs coach on uh, greatest running back of all time, Walter Payton. Yeah, sweetness. Yeah. yeah. So that that's there's another authentic life, uh, authentic person, right? Authentic piece of Americana. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just want to share this because I think it's too good not to share. And it came from Randy Schrader. So shout out to Coach Schrader at ADM. He's doing big things there. Uh, also, where the Duke is from, so Adel, Iowa, so Winterset, you know, that, that area, that's ADM. So shout out to Coach Schrader for sharing this. But we're just going to kind of go down, and there's five things the Duke said everybody needs to live a, an authentic life. So here you go, Coach Weaver. Here's the first one. So here it is. 
And if you want to write these down, we'll go slow with these, and you can write them down. I think this is stuff that you can take back to your team. You can share with the coaching staff, or, or you can just model your life around some of this stuff. But life advice from the Duke. Money can't buy happiness, but it's more comfortable to cry in a Mercedes than on a bicycle. I mean, that, that is true, right? Like, we all have those days where uh, life is going to kick you down, and it's going to try to hold you there, and it's going to try to beat you into submission, and uh, you feel like you can't go on. And I think that's why we're doing this whole Surf's Up Surfer series, right? It's all about, like, there's another wave coming, or it's all about you, you'll, you'll rise to the top eventually or just enjoy the moment because something else is coming around the corner. And, uh, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, the Duke was a very rich man in the end, but it, it's all about, you know, he still has tough days. Like, even the, the most wealthy people can't insulate themselves from tough days. Yeah, and I, I find myself, you know, chasing the dream of, like, how much money can I get and this and that. And I, I shared talking about the surf's up mentality with our team and it's you know they were just kind of looking at me crazy like a wave and this and I was like guys just come here to an opportunity that you have and the opportunities that come and the waves that come you know what are you chasing and I think that's the biggest thing but you know you, you want to have wealth <laughs> it can't buy happiness but money money does help it, it is comfortable <laughs> I, I'm, I've never really been to Mercedes but it's got to be comfortable to be in there right like it's got to be pretty posh yeah, so the last time I rode a bike, my butt was hurting. Like those people that drive, they ride. Excuse me. Yeah, they ride like 17, 18, 19. I'm like, oh, I did a 30 mile bike ride. What, you got buns of steel or something? Like, what's going on? First of all, why? Right? Yeah. Like that. I haven't been on a bike since I was 12. Get in a car and go 30 miles. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'll be there a lot faster. You know, and it's funny because we're coming up. Another authentic thing is we're coming up uh, on Ragbri in Iowa, which it starts with your back tire in the Missouri River on the west side of the state. And you bike all the way across the state in about eight or nine days. And you end by dipping your front tire in the Mississippi on the east side. So people that do that, there's people that sign up and do one day parts of the leg or they do two or three days and then there's those crazy people that have their support team that are, and they're just out having a great time they do the whole dang thing man but uh that cannot be very comfortable and i know people that have done it and it, it hurts and uh they're they're beat up and sore by the end of the day but an authentic experience so money money's not everything but uh sure comfort is easier yeah comfort definitely is easier all right let's go with life advice from the duke number two forgive your enemy but you better remember that bastard's name. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is one of my favorites uh, of, the, of the Duke because it's like we all have enemies, right? The, the more you climb or the deeper you go or sometimes life happens and you can't really describe things. People have uh, fallouts with each other all the time. Like I don't know if I have uh, – I've got my inner circle now, but my friends have ebbed and flowed throughout the years, right? Like I kind of have different friends for different parts of my life. I've got my childhood friends who I grew up with and my high school friends who I grew, you know, who also I grew up with. Then I went to college and I've got my, uh, the guys I, I played football with and the guys that were in my fraternity and uh, the guys that were in my wedding, right? And then uh, now I'm older and with kids and it's like you see the same parents at, at your kids' activities. And so I've got different seasons of friends in my life. I don't know what the future is going to bring, but I also know this, that I have seasons of enemies as well. Mm -hmm. And there's hate does nothing for people, right? So like you, when you have a heart full of hate, it's, it's 
the most toxic thing you can carry. And so I love this piece of advice because it's like no one's telling you to forget, right? Like you can forgive, but you better not forget and remember who, who that is. And, and you could remember for a lot of reasons. Maybe there's payback coming or maybe you want to get even with them or maybe you, you, know, maybe you just want to be, say thank you 30 years from now, right, uh, for giving that perspective or teaching those lessons. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons to remember the name, but I just think that's powerful, right? Remember how you feel in the moment as you're riding this wave and uh, don't forget the people that maybe don't like you. Yeah, so I'm going to take myself back to my eighth grade self. No, excuse me. Sixth grade self, being bullied. And I remember the guy's name still. So from sixth grade, but you're like, what, 11 years old, 12 years old, to 42, I still remember the guy's name, Stephen Haley, who was a bully. I'm not going to forget that bastard's name ever. Uh, Made my life a living you-know-what. But, you know, he was an enemy. And still to this day, you know, I don't... It's hard to people to call people enemies. I think I think you just call them uh, thorns <laughs> or something. Yeah. But you know you can forgive people, and a lot of people are like oh forgive and forget. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to forget that whole situation because we're human, right? And we remember things. So uh, I think that's just a big thing. A big part of that is look, you can forgive people. Uh, we're called to forgive. But you better not forget where it is because that's going to shape you some fa- some form or fashion down the ro- down the line of of shaping you and maybe it's making you stronger. Uh, maybe it's an instance and that person wronged you and like you learn about yourself in that. So it's a mirror test uh, in that kind of deal. But you know, or you kind of internalize stuff instead of like, hey, I'm going straight to the horse. Be like, hey, I didn't like how you said that, and that he should be a man. So. Yeah, we're going to come back to that here with a piece of advice number four. So in the meantime, we've got number three, and I'll go ahead and I'll give that one. Uh, It says, help someone when they're in trouble, and they will remember you when they're in trouble again. So, like, if you help someone one time, they're going to come back to you when they need help again. That is so true, right? Like, it's, oh, yeah, last time I was in this situation, you know, I I went to Coach Weaver, and he helped me with this. He's the guy i got to call again. Yeah, I I think so many times – as, as humans, we want to help people. You know, good people want to help good people. And whether it's a phone call at 2 a.m. to come bail somebody in jail or go get somebody that has, like, a flat tire or they're drunk at a party and they're like, hey, I need, the, I need you. And we've all said this, like, to our players. Like, if you need me, call me. Yeah. And uh, I think the same is true for just people in general. Like, if you're a good person and want to help people, once you start helping that person, they're like, I trust that person. I think the help also builds a trust component. And then the consistency that we've said before, the consistency of anything is trust. Uh, so being consistent with knowing like, hey, if I call this person, they're reliable, they're dependable, I can trust them, they're going to still do that. You know, I think about being a parent on this one um, because it's like it's really hard to get perspective as it, when you're a parent because it's, it's changing all the time. And I think about my, the difference between my six-year-old and my 12-year-old, uh, who you've been around most of this week, and um, they're oil and water together. But my six-year-old's problems are different than my 12-year-old's problems. So uh, it's like my six-year-old, he wants me to 
do different things for him that he can't do, like simple things, right? And it's annoying because it's like, oh, man, why can't you brush your own teeth? Like I literally just held him down on the couch, turned the timer, and was like, really? I have to do this? I have to brush your teeth for you? And he just sat there with his mouth wide open, and he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And so it's like that's really frustrating. But then I think about my 12-year-old who's like, you know, starting to go through uh, puberty a little bit, the early stages, and she's having some uh, relationship problems with friends, and she's figuring out who she is as a person, and she's figuring out what her goals and dreams are, and she's really in this middle age where she's kind of lost right now. She has uh, moments of immaturity, and it's like, oh, man, Scott, like, we went out to eat last night, and she's sitting there just, she Googled dad jokes, right, and is just, like, just reading them, not even with, like, good showmanship. She's just, like... You know, like what, why do clowns make bad cooks? Because everything they make tastes funny. Ha, 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 ha. And it's like, oh, it's painful, right? But I think it's important because as a parent, you're there to help your kid. Like it's your job to teach them, to help them grow, to help them figure out their own problems. When they don't know how to deal with their problems, you kind of jump in and and guide them. But the problems compound. uh, And as they get older, the problems are bigger and the consequences are greater. And uh, I know I'm only scratching the tip of the iceberg with a 12-year-old, but, you know, they'll remember you again. Like, I still call my dad for advice from time to time, you know, and uh, I still have people. I rely on the people in my inner circle, people like you, with different things. Uh, We've sat and talked a whole lot, you know, just on some beach somewhere here the last few days, and it's been really good. It's good for my soul. And so help someone one time, and they'll remember you when they're in trouble again. I'm going to leave that one like it is. Because I think also when you help someone, they'll also help you. It's that two-way street. Uh, so life advice from the Duke number four. Many people are alive only because it's illegal to shoot them. <laughs> I mean, if this if this isn't John Wade, right? Like, I don't know what is. It's like I, I just see him walking into a bar and saying, how you doing, Pilgrim? And then, you know, the next thing is, why don't you put that pistol down and, uh, and whatever, and, and we're on from there. But it's so true. The world is full of stupid people. Like, people do dumb things all the time, and uh, myself included in that, right? Like, I look back on some things that I've done, and it's like, man, why was I such a bonehead in that situation? Yeah. And it's like, there's times where I probably did deserve to be shot. You know, my stupidity uh, would have gotten me shot, like... Uh, I play cards a lot with our with family members, and uh, we'll sit there and we'll play cards. And you know, uh, card etiquette is a big thing, especially to the older generation of people that we play with. Like my wife's grandparents were have been in a card club for sixty years, and they just that's what they love to do, and that's what they've always done. That's their social activity. So when we play cards with them. One of the cardinal sins is you don't touch your cards till everyone's done dealing. And my my kids have a really tough time with that, and I don't care if we're playing goldfish or slapjack or whatever. Like, they touch their cards constantly. And it's like, I have to tell them, that would get you shot in a saloon 150 years ago. So when I think about the Duke, like, he is not wrong on this one, that the world is full of stupid people and that it's just illegal to shoot them, so we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think about, like, dumb crook news that you see all the time. Uh, but I know some people, and I'm thinking right now, that should have been shot <laughs> like just stupidity uh, it's almost like the Jeff Foxworthy thing here's your sign right Right. that, that kind of thing of like why did I do that and we go back and think about our like 15 year old self or 18 year old self and you're like man what was I thinking and you're like oh I was immature and then you do it like when you're 28 and you're like 
why didn't I remember that from 10 years ago? But so thankful that we don't have the Duke sitting there uh, shooting us on these <laughs> dumb endeavors. Well, look, and I teach eighth grade. And so like the biggest thing when I try to coach someone because they're making immature decisions, right? Their thing is they'll look at me and, and I'll be like, hey, do you realize you just did that? And they'll look right back at me and go, and? Yeah, that'd get you shot. Like that's, that's one of those things that should get you shot, right? Like, or in the Duke's world, um, you wouldn't make it after that. So uh, I love number four. Our final piece of advice here, I'm gonna let you read it. Yeah. Alcohol doesn't solve any problems, but then again, neither does, neither does milk. So here's what's funny about this. We're leaving tomorrow. And the guy above us asked me if I wanted two gallons of milk. He's like, man, I got to give milk to somebody. And I was like, dude, we're leaving tomorrow, too. He's like, I got to find somebody that's here for like four days. There's no way I'm going to drink these two gallons of milk. And I'm like, I don't even drink milk. <laughs> like, I don't drink milk. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I like this number five, not just from the milk perspective. Uh, but I know there are people that drink away their problems. Yeah. You know, and they just sit there and it's a woes me and like they don't have hard days. They have bad days in their mind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just the alcoholism that you, that's on the rise. I think it comes from depression and people not being happy in their lives and wanting and soul searching for something that they'll never find. So they drink their, you know, they drink their tears away and all that stuff. And um, I love this one. Number five. Yeah, and and you, for the record, like I'm not, I'm a non-drinker. Coach Weaver is a non-drinker. Like there is not one drop of alcohol right now in our beach house that we have. So I know that puts us in a very rare minority here uh, on the Fourth of July. And we're not, we're non-judgmental. Some of my best friends, like I had the wildest times with, you know, 20 years ago, and um, and that's just 20 years ago, right? I talked about seasons of life earlier on this podcast, but. I think it's great because no one's going around giving away Bud Light, right? No one's going around giving away Coors Light right now. They're not saying, oh, man, I got two cases of Coors Light. I got to find a way to get this. They might be giving away Bud Light. (laughs) They might be giving away Bud Light. They might. All right, we'll stick with Coors on this one. You know what? Coors Original, that's more authentic. Uh, That's more – that's probably what the Duke would have today if it wasn't for a whiskey or whatever else. But um, I just love it because it's like non-judgmental. You know, it doesn't matter where you turn to for your escape or your release, um, and no one's saying alcohol is, it's not a bad thing. I think there's people that have a really tough time with the alcohol consumption that they put themselves through, but milk doesn't solve any problems either. So if it did, then we would all just drink a whole bunch of milk, and that guy wouldn't have two gallons to get rid of. And uh, <laughs> He would have been down in that milk like nobody's business. Um, so, yeah, um, I love this. I mean, just five little things from the Duke. And then, you know, the catch, the catch at the end is, is what's great. And the authentic, authenticity piece that we're talking about is so many people, before I share it, so many people are striving to do something different that finds them joy. And I know a lot of people choose joy, whether they're depressed in their job, they're depressed in their marriage, whether they're depressed um, with the job they didn't get or wishing their life was different or they made more money, so there's all these kind of things. But true authenticity sounds like we're drinking. I know, right? Jeez. Like, hey, it, it is about midnight. It is. <laughs> it's been a long day on the beach. Authenticity comes from doing what you love to do. And that sounds so simple to say. 
but it really is. We get one shot at life. Do what you love to do. Like, there's a lot of times I've looked back and like, why am I stressing about that? I have no control over it. I'm doing what I love to do. If I'm impacting kids, uh, I get to go and throw a football around every day at practice. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, do I like the stress that comes with the AD role of that? Of the money that I have to raise and fundraising? and th- That's a nightmare sometimes. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, at 2.30, I get to go outside and play football. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, when I think about the Duke and his authenticity, um, I think about he's the happiest when he's wearing his cat, cowboy hat and he's wearing his six-shooter and he's got his horse and he's headed off to wherever he's headed off to, riding off into the sunset, right? And uh, I, think, I think that's why so many people relate to him because they want that freedom. They want that autonomy. They want that. Uh, self-assurance or the the self-dependency, uh, right? Like, the Duke doesn't wait for anyone else to intervene. That's what makes him the Duke. And uh, that just makes him totally authentic. So, when we talk about authenticity and you talk about with your season coming up and your culture and what things you're going to do, every, all of us are adding different things, right? Maybe you're changing your scheme. Maybe you're looking to add a, a, a parent meeting or a different way to, uh, to reach kids or, or engage the community. Whatever you're trying to do, like, do it with authenticity. Do it from your heart. Do it because you want to do it, not because you feel like, oh man, this other school is doing it, we gotta do it too. And, and don't do it from a place of, we have to do this. If we don't do this, then this is gonna happen. Like, that, those are operated with fear and control. Like, do it from a place of love where you truly want to do it because it's the right thing to do. So 4th of July, America's authentic, the Duke is authentic. Uh, and stay with us here in the classroom as we do a little extra credit. Uh, now that Coach Weaver and I have officially met, we can tell you more about each other and our, our weird habits as humans. All right, so if you're staying around with us, this is the extra credit version of the podcast where you can dive into knowing who we are. Uh, we've been able to spend some time together face-to-face. Uh, share some stories that we normally don't. We'll normally just record a podcast and then we say about three or four minutes later, like, hey, see ya, blah, 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 see you, bye. Well, we're going to give you a glimpse into who John Tory and John Weaver are um, with some stuff. These won't be long. They'll be like five minutes. But if you're still listening, uh, you'll be in for a treat, this first one, with extra credit. Yeah, and for the record, like, we talked about doing this earlier today at lunch. Uh, and um, he, Coach Weaver is like, well, 
you know, JT, let's just, uh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to say about you till we're doing it. It's like, uh, like that was the old Wiley Coyote hanging off the cliff moment for me. I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. So for our listeners, full disclosure, I don't know what's coming out of his mouth next. He doesn't know what's coming out of mine. So we're just rolling with this. Maybe it'll be a time bomb blowing up in our face, but here we go. So when, and he probably knows what I'm about to ask him, but when, when you start getting to know somebody and you notice that um, when they packed and they brought food, there was no fruit or no vegetables. And he's a very picky eater, very picky eater. And you can't get that through a Zoom. Like you don't know what people are eating. We just record for like 30 minutes and then we let you hear us rambling on this podcast. So I was asking, I was like, man, what do you, what do you like to eat? So JT, what's your favorite meal and what do you like to eat? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up all the time with a cow in our freezer. So that's the benefit to being on a farm in Iowa. So, you know, dad and I would come in from the field and everyone else, my mom would make uh, supper for my siblings, you know, at 5.30, 6, whenever she was ready to eat. And sometimes my dad and I, growing season, we wouldn't get into the field till 9, 10. Sometimes later, it depended if the cows were out. It depended if there was a hard day, if, like the equipment broke down, whatever. And uh, I remember my, it's awful to eat at 10 p.m. Awful. Like, that's a horrible habit. But that was, that was what we did. And uh, we grabbed some ground beef out of the freezer. And, I mean, that's my go-to as a burger. We've talked about take the burger, not the steak. Like, in my life, that's, that's literal. I always have a cow in my freezer even now that I don't live on a farm. And it's like we can always make sliders. We can always like grab that pound of ground beef and uh, have some of that. My favorite food is pizza. So I know it's horrible too, but it's like my go-to when my wife makes something for the kids that I'm not necessarily gonna eat. I'll just go down to my freezer and pull out a frozen pizza. That's my favorite thing to do, especially when I'm coaching because I don't have a lot of time. And it's just a cheap go-to meal, not the best for me by any means. So. You're right. No, no fruits, no vegetables over here. Just uh, I take a pill for that, like a multivitamin. And I kind of get my collard greens that way. So <laughs> anyway, Coach Weaver, that's a little bit about my eating habits. Let's flip the script. Let's talk about you. And uh, I know you mentioned your moose track mint uh, ice cream obsession. We had a long discussion last night when we got back from uh, from dinner and uh, just about different things that have happened to us. And there are so many similarities to Coach Weaver and I's life. And then there's also some key differences. Uh, so I'm going to let him turn it over to this. We're going to talk about his, what, like what his eating habits are like here. Well, that's funny. Um, so I'm not picky at all. Let's just get down to it. His wife calls him the garbage disposal. She goes, oh, the garbage disposal will eat this. Like, <laughs> yeah. So um, some of our friends call me Mikey, like from the Life commercial, the Life cereal commercial. Oh, I'll give it to Mikey. He eats anything. So that's what it turns into. So I am, I am equal opportunity with food, whether it be Chinese, Mexican, Japanese, Vietnamese, American, anything, uh, especially ice cream. Ice cream is my jam. Anybody that knows me knows that ice cream can be found in my frit, my frit or my freezer. Sorry, at any time. And they're like, "What? What's your favorite?" I was like, "Equal opportunity. I don't care." Like, really? I was like, except vanilla bean. Like, so my mom gets vanilla bean. She'll make these brownies, and they're nice and warm and, like, double chocolate chunk. Chocoholic here. And I'm like, this is awesome. I was like, did you get, did you get ice cream? Did you get bluebell? 
She's like, I got vanilla bean briar. So I was like, Mom, it's not even ice cream. Like vanilla bean? Like what is that? So there are, there's one exception. I won't eat vanilla bean ice cream. Um, I am a chocolate lover. Uh, and then you talked about mint moose track. So there's this one specific ice cream. If you've ever had Hershey makes it. So we were passing, uh, we were driving down the beach coast and I was like, there's a Hershey place. And Kristen goes, you want to stop? I was like, yeah. She goes, you think they have it? And look, all of us walked in and I was like, there it is. Mint Moose Tracks is like an Andy's Mint on steroids. Uh, so that's, if you like, rate your ice cream, Mint Moose Tracks, number one. Like, what's number two? Mint Moose Tracks. What's number three? Mint Moose Tracks. Like, that's it. So... My love for food uh, comes from, uh, I guess, just not being picky. I, I just like food. And, uh, yeah, like I like steak, but also like shrimp, but also like uh, Brussels sprouts. So it's it's all that. I mean, I, as we're doing this, I have a banana right here that I just uh, downed at 11 o'clock at night. So that's me. Not really picky. Like I like hamburgers. I like steaks. I like pizza. I like you name it. I like it. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. So that's been extra credit. That's just, uh, I'm a terrible person to go out to, to dinner with. Like, uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to scrape things off to the side. I'm going to ask a lot of questions about the different sauces that are there. And uh, the weaver's just kind of sitting there looking at me. And, of course, we're in the South here. And my family has no experience in the South like I do. I've been to the South a few times, but, like, my family has no clue. And so we're driving home last night after dinner. Dinner was really good. But my kids are like, you know, yeah, it's kind of spicy. Didn't really like it. And it's like, yeah, it's because we don't just cover it with cheese down here. And it's like, <laughs> I brought two pounds of cheese with me, you know, for the last week because uh, I got to have cheese and meat and potatoes. So uh, I'm a terrible person to go out to eat with. That's just uh, our first extra credit. Yeah, the stuff that he scrapes off on the side, I'm the guy that's saying, hey, I'll eat that. So thanks for tuning in and staying with us for extra credit. And uh, always thanks for listening to the Culture Classroom.